But he also goes on to list out all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, and the list goes on and on. He's bringing the world into condemnation. And that is his purpose. It's a prosecuting attorney. And he's letting everyone know, apart from Jesus Christ, everyone is deserving of death. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 32 this morning. I titled it Without Excuse, took it from the Word of God itself. From Romans 1, 18 through 32, we're going to see three points. Ungodliness and unrighteousness in verses 18 through 20. Futile and foolish, verses 21 through 25. And God gave them up and gave them over, verses 26 through 32. So we find next in verses 21 through 25, the futile and foolish. Verse 21, it reads, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image of corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Their hearts were darkened. Verse 21 takes us to after the fall, mankind's continual spiral away from God. There's no doubt in my mind that Adam and Eve taught their children, their descendants, the truth concerning God. But the further that they got away from Adam and Eve, and it didn't take that far as we know Cain would kill his brother Abel, the sin-darkened hearts of the children of Adam and Eve rejected God's light, so much so that there was a rapid decaying of the spirit of man away from the truth of God, as we find recorded for us in Genesis chapters 3 through 11. And even with Cain, God said to Cain in Genesis 4, 6, and 7, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, Will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Cain was given a choice, whether to obey and do what was right in the sight of God or to continue down his path of destruction. We know he chose the path of destruction, but we're all given that choice of how we should conduct ourselves in this life. But in their futile and foolish hearts, we find that there was this unwillingness to acknowledge God. Therefore, they refused to glorify God. Secondly, they were unthankful to God. Third, they became vain. It's a word in the Greek that means to be destitute of real wisdom. And fourth, they became foolish. It's a word that simply means to be unintelligent and by implication, that of wickedness. The complete word study dictionary says, Romans 1, 21, Paul calls unredeemed man's heart. He calls them foolish because of its inability to conclude from the observable creation that there must be a creator. So therefore, instead of worshiping God in their futile and foolish hearts, they worship the creation of God, like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. And today we find that evolution teaches that all life on earth shares a common ancestry. It's true, it's God, that God has founded everything but not that we were created by God, but have evolved from lower to higher life forms. And to this day, people continue to change the glory of an incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man. So we find in 1 Corinthians 3, 19 and 20, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thought of the wise, that they are futile. And God has given us all a choice to do what is right or to face his future judgment. And we discover this indictment against them in verse 24 and 25, that they dishonored their bodies. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. So the hearts of this futile and foolish people, they refused to glorify God. They were unthankful to God, being vain and foolish. Well, God gave them up to the uncleanness, to the lust of their hearts. They Worship the work of their own hands and not the wonderful works of God. Isaiah 2 verses 8 and 9 says, They worship the work of their hands, which their own fingers have made. People bow down. Each man humbles himself. Therefore, do not forgive them. Now, we know in Scripture, and I often quote from the New Testament, that tells us to humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. But in Isaiah 2.9, where Isaiah the prophet says, each man humbles himself, it is referring to the humbling of themselves, bowing down to these false gods. They're not 
humbling themselves before the true God, but they're humbling themselves before the gods that their own fingers have made. They actually partook in a great exchange, exchanging God's truth for a lie. Instead of worshiping God, they worship God's creation and the work of their own hands. And sadly, they chose to worship the creature rather than the creator. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness, lust, dishonoring in their attempt to satisfy their sexual pleasure. It seems that verse 24 is dealing with heterosexual immorality of Paul's day. And they were taking that which the honor which God had designed for marriage and the intimate relationship between a husband and his wife, and they were dishonoring themselves with multiple sex partners. Again, I say, as we read through verses 18 through 32, it seems that we are actually reading the very headlines of today. And in their futile and foolish hearts, we find that mankind continues to exchange the truth of God for the lie. So we find that God gave them up and gave them over, verses 26 through 32. Verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Verse 26, Paul addresses lesbianism as part of the great exchange. He says, he describes this type of behavior as being against nature or against what is natural. And then in verse 27, he goes on. Likewise, also men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Verse 27, Paul addresses homosexuals. And once again, they are going against nature in their same-sex attraction. Now, Romans 1, 24 through 27, is actually known of one of seven clobber passages found in the book of Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Romans, 1 Corinthians, and 1 Timothy. I said seven, I gave you six books, both Genesis and Leviticus actually have two passages. This section in Romans is one of seven places in the Bible where it clearly teaches against, we know that these letters are growing longer and longer as the days get longer, the LBGTQ community. Many who are part of this community and those who support them claim that the Bible has been misinterpreted in these passages to say something that God never intended for his word to say. They're saying that the homophobic translators purposely translated the Bible in this fashion to speak against homosexuality. Or they will admit that the translation is correct and they will say, but the spirit, the spirit of God has told me I am not speaking about you. One homosexual pastor that I heard debating, I was watching it on YouTube, a debate between a guy standing upon the Word of God, heterosexual against a homosexual pastor, both ministers of God's Word, and all he could say is that God told me that I am okay. And so he's taking the written Word of God and saying, 
yeah, I see what it says, but it's not saying it to me. And the Spirit has told me. And that's a common argument among the uh, homosexual community. And yet we read through this passage today and we find in verses 18 through 32, it seems to be that Paul has pulled these very words from the headlines. By the way, one of the clobber passages is Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We know that there is this gender confusion that's going on today in our nation, but it's hitting our schools hard. There's an author, uh, Joe Dallas, he authored the book called The Gay Gospel. And he was actually a, a Christian who turned homosexual, who came back to the faith, and now he is in, lives in Texas. He counsels those who struggle with the homosexual lifestyle. And uh, he wrote this book. It's a very good book if you want to read and it was written several years ago. If you want to read kind of an up-to-date argument, I told you that I watched this debate on YouTube and I had already read his book. And in the back, he gives you point and counterpoint in the back of his book, church position and the position of the homosexual community. And he, he gives you the arguments. And when I watched this YouTube debate, to me, it was as if they had read the script of his book and both were using his book to debate one another because everything he said that the homosexual would say, this homosexual pastor said. And the other guy countered with the words that um, Joe Dallas had written. So it's a good book to read. Gives a, it gave me a greater understanding of this. But here's what I wanted to read. And this is what I see uh, happening. I think he first published this in the late 90s, but he wrote, if the church allows marriage and family to be redefined, that a circular deterioration will start. There will be an increase in sexual confusion, exploitation of children. As a result of the redefinition of family, there will be an even further redefinition of family as a result of sexual confusion and exploitation of children. Given enough time, the original concept of family could be driven right out of our consciousness. And I think we're living in those days today. There is this confusion that has resulted in the redefinition of what it means to be a family. And concerning today's sexual confusion, and just a quick online search, all you have to do is look up New York City and Canada and their accepted gender identities in both the nation of Canada now and the city of New York accept 31 different genders, 31 different genders. I've heard the number is much higher than that. But here in this gendered, confused society, there was an article written, and the article comes from Leona Salazar, wrote an article, and I didn't have the it was in one of the newspapers, but I didn't get it in my notes for some reason. But the title of the article was 31 Genders, New York City, 2016. And this person wrote in the article, gender identity is described as one's eternal, deeply held sense of one's gender as male, female, or something else entirely. 
Gender is expressed through one's name, pronouns, clothing, haircut, behavior, voice, or body characteristics. So in this article, she actually lists out all 31 of the accepted genders. And so you can read through the list. And it was just a list. It didn't say anything other than listing them out. Remember, I said one of those clobber passages now is becoming Genesis 1.27. God created the heavens and the earth. And so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We're living in a gender-confused society where black is white and white is black. And what's worse, the confusion has even found its way into the Lord's church. So God goes on to say, verses 28 through 32, besides the LBGTQ, the 26 other gender identities, remember 31 altogether accepted in Canada and in New York City today, Paul touches on several issues that plague our world today. Paul lumps same-sex attraction with 23 other symptoms of God giving them up and giving them over. And he pretty much puts everyone in the place of being guilty. He says in verses 28 through 32, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, he gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. I'm not going to break down this list for you. I think it, it pretty much says what it says. And Paul is just kind of bringing everything together here as he finds that God gave them up and gave them over, and he, yes, he addresses homosexuality, but he also goes on to list out all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, and the list goes on and on. He's bringing the world into condemnation, and that is his purpose. It's a prosecuting attorney. And he's letting everyone know, apart from Jesus Christ, everyone is deserving of death. But the tag of verse 32, I think, is significant. Because we could look at this list and say, well, I am not this, this, this. And we can go through the list and say, well, that's not me. But are we approving of those who practice them? And I believe that by the things we do in our culture, we can, can be approving to them by the music that we listen to, by the uh, movies that we watch, by the things that we do when we're online. We can be approving of things, saying, I'm not guilty of actually doing it, but we're participating. But those who approve of those who practice them, the condemnation is upon everyone. 
So I think that Paul, he makes his net big here. B-I-G, all caps, big. Whether participating or approving in these things, he makes his net big in hopes that he brings everyone under the condemnation of God's word. Remember, Paul began to describe the depravity of sin before he said any of this. He talked about the power of the gospel, saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the purpose of the condemnation is to reveal that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Paul's purpose of bringing condemnation is in hope that he could help people to wake up and realize their need for the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. So Paul brings condemnation upon Jew and Gentile alike in hopes that they might come to the saving faith of Jesus Christ. So today we've seen like a prosecuting attorney, Paul indicts the unbelieving world by revealing the reason behind their sinful condition, the consequences which have resulted from their sins, revealing to them that they are without excuse. They're without excuse. The ungodly and unrighteous people to this day continue to clearly take the revealed message of God. They distort its truth. They make them without excuse. There are people in our world today that feel that they're not doing anything wrong that there is no condemnation against them. And so sometimes we have to reveal the condemnation of God's word. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do its job, its work, to bring the ultimate condemnation. Maybe all we can do as believers is present the truth of God's word. And to say to those that maybe yell at us and say, oh, that's one of those clobber passages that has been misinterpreted. Well, say this is what the Word of God says. And if you feel like you're being clobbered by it, well, maybe God is wanting you to hear what His Word is saying to you, that you might be saved, that you might come to that place of salvation. But I do not believe that we should shy away from the truth of God's Word. All week, I've been looking at this passage, knowing that I was going to be speaking from one of the clobber passages, knowing that hey, this passage could step on all of our toes in one point or another. It kind of nails us all in, in some means, some ways. But Paul's intent was to do that. His intent was to cast the net wide. His intent was to reveal that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But his intent was to point out and will continue to point out Jesus Christ as the remedy of our sin. That's why he writes later on in Romans 10, 12, and 13, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So yeah, Paul cast his net wide here, but because he realizes that there is the hope of salvation to help us to clearly see our need for Jesus. As he reveals sin, next week he'll deal with his Jewish brethren. But as he reveals 
the sinfulness of both the Jew and both the Gentile. He does so to point them to Jesus. And that's the purpose of his gospel here. His epistle as he writes to them that he could point them to Jesus. Father, thank you for your word that you've given us this morning. Lord, it's a passage of scripture that as we read it today, we can read it right along with the headlines of any of the newspapers, uh, news media that we might view online or on our television or here on radio. And we find, Lord, that the truth that Paul wrote then is still applicable for today. One thing that stood out to me, Father, as I read through this, is all the stuff that we see happening in our society today, Paul already wrote about it, well, nearly 19, a little over 1,900 years ago. So the same things, Lord, similar things that were happening in Paul's day as well. And yet he took the gospel and he presented the truth of the gospel to his generation. Lord, may we take the same truth of your gospel and be willing to present it to our generation. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.